We'll see if they can pull off a miracle here. It is the quick out and it's intercepted. The Dinos are gonna win the game as they take this one all the way back to the touchdown. That's number two, Dean Leonard. Sealing the deal for the Calgary Dinos. Zeros on the clock, that'll do it. Welcome to Dinos Unfiltered, the podcast for Calgary Dinos Athletics, where we sit down with coaches, athletes, staff members, and we just get an inside look as to how things operate off the field, on the field, on the ice, off the ice, whatever it may be. Uh, My name is Jeremy Lee, and I am normally the voice of Dinos Volleyball, men's and women's volleyball. And for the very first episode... I am excited to introduce a special guest, Mr. Max Sterling. How are you doing? Really good. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks uh, thanks for having me at your place and uh, can't wait to get started. This was, when this idea was thrown at us, it was uh, pretty exciting to think about and we're already doing episode one, so can't wait to get going. If you're not familiar with Max's work, he is, of course, the voice of men's and women's dinos hockey. Uh, you can catch him at the Father David Bauer on most weekend nights every friday saturday it's colder in there than it is outside especially once it starts snowing so uh we don't usually draw a big crowd but um yeah no i'll be there every fridays and saturdays and uh kevin warner he does um play-by-play for men so i kind of ride shotgun with him doing color and then for women's i do play-by-play and dave standish he'll be my right hand man this year so really excited to get that going and this will be my third, I believe, full season now. So yeah, honestly, it's one of my greatest joys to go to the rink every Friday and Saturday and get on the air and watch some good hockey for sure. Take me back to how you got started with dinos here, Max. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell a, a more PG story than this. It was basically through a friend. Uh, she set me up with uh, Lindsay Franco at the time, who was, uh, I guess, the... What was her role? Uh, Ben's going to kill me for this. Some communications. I, yeah, she, I, I think communications coordinator was the, the main position. And I connected with her and was just kind of probably a little bit too desperate to get involved with some way. I wasn't really sure how that was going to look like. I wasn't that good of a writer. It kind of never really worked in sports beyond some volunteering stuff. And um, But Lindsay was great. She was like, yeah, like what, what sport do you want to focus on? And um hockey was my main one and she got me into hockey and soccer so I was doing stats for both um, men's and women's hockey men's men's and women's soccer and then um, naturally as I'm sure you know Jeremy through dinos you're gonna when you start in one area your your skill set or whatever you may be going to other areas as well and soccer slowly turned into public address and then that slowly but surely turned into broadcasting and then um, the following year, uh, so my first year I just did straight stats, and then the following year I got into play-by-play through Ben. He w- through Ben and Lindsay, they kind of gave me that opportunity because no one was doing women's games at the time. So figured I'd jump on, and and here we are. Um, yeah, been doing a lot since, and um, had a really good year last year working with the men's and women's teams more closely. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. It was just kind of begging Lindsay to give me an opportunity and 
and yeah, that's what it was like. How, how about you? What was your start? Because I'm not too sure of your origin story. I uh, I actually got started with public address announcing through basketball, so that was my start, and that was a sport that I hadn't done before either, and I still remember a couple of the bumps along the road, but I was I think it was my first game. Ben was also at the table, at the scores table, of course. No pressure. Uh, but I I per, I performed a faux pas where I announced the player's name as they're about <laughs> to shoot a free throw, but I didn't know that. And so yeah, Ben like Ben let me know, and as Ben would, and uh, yeah, I just about lost my lunch there. I was so embarrassed. Yeah, and. No, of uh, but here, here I am, still standing. Still standing, yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm thankful that he gave me another shot, and like the the spot for uh, volleyball opened up, and yeah, took it, and had to learn the game actually through talking to players and coaches because to yeah, I never really played, um, and just learning the game, learning the rules, learning tactics and tendencies, all of that is just yeah through through those conversations, which is helpful. Absolutely, some of the the insights uh, that I've received as well from other coaches is just crazy, whether it's little details about the game or how they see the game versus, you know, your average spectator. It's, it's pretty amazing. And it, you know, they're, they're coaches for a reason for sure. And um, especially working with Danielle Goyette a lot, like she, she's crazy. Like some of her stories she's told, like just, you know, when she was a young age, like skating in the suburbs of Quebec, like just day in, day out, or, you know, how she sees the game now and how it's changed in her eyes. Like, it's just, it's crazy. But I, I'm curious, like when, when you started, like you, you said you had that, that mess up with Ben, like, was that your worst one? Cause I, I know, um, there was one time, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell it after, but I'm kind of curious, like what, what was your worst mess up on air? Do you think? Was, or, or like in a public setting. It was probably that, but then I think in a, another game after, I think over the in-house mic, I said, get that garbage out of here on, <laughs> on a block. And then I think it was the U of S Huskies, who, they were complaining, uh, and they were saying that I wasn't allowed to say that. So that was pretty embarrassing too. Oops, that's tough. Oh my God. A little too casual, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I was treating it like it was Rucker Park in Harlem. And we're playing streetball, I yeah, guess. Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and I, I'm still grateful for the opportunity, obviously. Like, any way to get involved is good. But doing public address wasn't exactly my favorite thing in the world. Me neither. Um, and with soccer specifically, like, there is, like, there's no, like, you have a bit of time to prepare, but you get your rosters, like, five minutes before you read them off. So you have to, like, quickly go through them all, do a quick pronunciation check, all that stuff. And some of the coaches' writing is just horrendous. Like, you cannot read a single thing they're writing, and you're basically guessing. I think it was a game, it was a game like two years ago against uh, Fraser Valley. And there is this guy, uh, I think he was a striker for, for Fraser Valley. His name was Tofi Bakare, pretty good player. Um, but the coach's writing was just awful. And I, I, looked, at, I looked at the sheet and for some reason, the 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 I looked exactly like a U, and I did not have time to get the actual roster, look at look at it, to make sure. 
and I announced his name. He was the last player too on on UFV, and I announced his name and uh, said Tofu Bakare, <laughs> and the entire <laughs> both squads were just losing it, like absolutely losing it. And the second I said it, I was just like, this guy's name is not Tofu. Like, there's no way. And the coaches came up to me after the anthem and like all the team, like a bunch of the guys from UFV2 just came up and said that was literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I sent, I sent Tofi a message actually, like I DM'd him like after the game and was just like, I'm so sorry. This is, <laughs> that was terrible of me. But yeah, no, it like those things, those things happen and um, it's obviously awesome that Ben has given us this other opportunity and yeah anyway just a small story that's one of my like favorite blunders I've ever had because it was it was just so so embarrassing my god that's hilarious but in this episode we actually turn our attention to football yes. which obviously is uh, underway here in Dino land and uh, before we get started I know that you're into fantasy football as well uh, how did your draft go? Let's just quickly talk about that. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I was stuck with the fifth pick out of a 10-team oh. league. So you're kind of like, you know you're not getting a top running back. And you kind of have your pick of the litter for wide receivers if you want. So for two weeks, because we, we, like the guys that I did it with back in Vancouver, we we finalized our order two weeks in advance. So it was basically two weeks of going back and forth. Am I picking David Johnson or am I picking DeAndre Hopkins? And probably did about like a hundred mock drafts and, you know, had a different scenarios. But I went DeAndre Hopkins, um, ended up with Joe Mixon and Carryon Johnson as my one-two for RB. So pretty good, all things considered, because they were flying off the board. I, I grabbed Mahomes last year in the 16th round, so that won me my league. But I didn't go for it this year. I think he was picked like end of the third round and I just couldn't do it again so who's your Mahomes this year though Drew Brees I got him pretty late and I know people are down on him but I mean he has so many weapons he spreads the ball around and he just especially in those games like whether it's like playing the Rams or the Texans or something like that like it's he's just a gunslinger he will throw 50 attempts a game and get you know 350 yards easy every game and you know He's one of the best QBs to ever play the game too, and he his offense is dynamic. He's got Kamara back there, and he'll just dump the ball off to him and pick up however many yards. So I'm happy to take him. I've had him before, and he's never really, never really disappointed me. Um, beyond that, I probably took too many wide receivers after the seventh round, but that's a whole other thing. How about you? Uh, I actually had the fourth pick in the one draft that I did, and I ended up going Zeke Elliott. Uh, I'm confident they'll get a deal done. I know we're like times there's a time crunch going on. I couldn't do it. Like like I yeah. No, I, I thought Was he available with the No, fit? he wasn't. Okay. I but I was like that was one of the scenarios I was juggling. Like yeah. am I gonna have to deal with this? But I saw the Le'Veon Bell situation last year and was just like it's not worth it for me. But you took Zeke and I did. Yeah. Uh he, there's also a guarantee like in order for him to guarantee a full year, he has to report by that week nine or whatever it is. So I rolled the dice. We'll see. And I grabbed some other backs uh, to to supplement that. So I'm pretty happy with the running back situation. Um, we were talking before this recording or even last week. I ended up taking Josh Allen in the final round. I don't know. I think those rushing yards and the touchdowns will add up, especially in those leagues where your quarterback uh, position 
offers or rewards you six points for a rushing touchdown and only yeah. four for passing. Yeah, definitely. I think it brings more value to the rushing quarterback. So I, I focused on Cam Newton um, and Dak Prescott as well. So we'll yeah. see. I, yeah, I'm in, I'm in a two QB league, so we'll see. Yeah, two QB leagues are tricky. Never done one before, but I mean, Josh Allen, if you're taking him in the last round or whatever, like you have nothing to lose, honestly. I think that's a great pick that, that late. There's a lot of value there. And just in a little bit, we'll get a chance to talk with Hunter Carl from your Calgary Dinos, fifth-year wide receiver, and we'll ask him about how his fantasy football draft went. Uh, You don't want to miss out on that. Uh, But looking back to how the Dinos ended up last season and a a bit of a preview into this upcoming season, um, the Dinos had a tremendous year last year, uh, going 8-0 in the Canada West and just dominating uh the point differential i think was like you know what was it like plus 100 something Something like it was ridiculous yeah Yeah. and no one was no one else was even close and yeah just a a all all all-star performance from adam sinagra um and (laughs) along the fantasy football lines we were talking about it who who would you pick as a uh, in dino's fantasy football if you had to pick a draft a, a, a Dinos player uh, round one, that's really tough. Like, kind of biased, but after after talking to Hunter for a little bit and him explaining, like, you know, some of the new stuff he's been doing to prepare for the season, and you know, having gone through the whole CFL draft and the combine and everything, and how he seems super motivated to just have a, a send-off year in a way to prepare himself for the professional side. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's just, he seems like a pretty pretty solid guy this year. Um, yeah, that, that, that's honestly, like, maybe it's just recency bias, but I think that's the first name that would come to me, honestly, for if I'm doing fantasy football, for sure. Well, and he led the Canada West in receiving yards, too, I believe. So yes, he did. So he will bring you plenty of points. Yeah, if we're doing PPR too, then yeah. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of those half points for sure. I See, here's the thing. I don't know. Like, I kind of want to reach for Sinegra because he is just going to he, – he would just win you the week. Oh, absolutely. Like a, he would, He's like the Mahomes yeah, he'll just of you sports. Go, go off for oh. one game and He'll get you like 50 points. Is, is that a 400-plus passing yards? Is that a reach though? Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it depends where you draft, like yeah. what order you draft yeah. in. End of first round, I'd consider it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, give me a breakout player that you got. Yeah, so a breakout guy for next year. Probably have to say Jeshren Antwi. Like just pulling up some stats earlier about him. Like he's obviously fifth year running back. Like it'll be his last year. Um, Calgary guy too. So he's been around the system for quite some time. But last year he averaged... 7.3 yards per carry, which is pretty good uh, if, if you're looking just objectively at stats across Canada West for running backs. And, you know, he had a couple big runs as well. He had a 69-yard run against Saskatchewan. He had a 62-yard run against uh, Regina as well. So he's definitely capable of those, you know, longer plays and, you know, making a lot happen with his touches. So I'm, I'm going to pick him because... You know, just looking at some of his more recent stats and if he's going into his last year too, I just, I don't know, that gives me some confidence for sure. How about you? I'm going to have to go with Tyson Philpot, second year player out of Delta BC. He burst onto the scene 
and won rookie of the year for U Sports. And as a rookie, already staked a claim in recording the longest catch in Dino's history, 107-yard touchdown reception against UBC. Yeah, thanks for coming, my God. Oh, and yeah, I I've, I saw them, I think, at the kickoff game uh, last year, and he was explosive. Man, that home run speed, and he just pulled away from defenders. And so I think he's just a, a luxury tool for Adam Snagra at his disposal. And... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how how much Adam's going to spread the ball around this year, so maybe uh, the consistency might not be there, but he he might be the equivalent to like a T.Y. Hilton, where like some weeks he's just going to give you 30 fantasy points, yeah. and other weeks might be just like seven. So, but I, he's exciting to watch, especially in person. And anytime you have that you know game breaking speed as well, if you're you know if you're running your routes pretty well. And you cut on a guy, and you can just burn him for you know a deep play like he showed like he showed last year time and time again. And you know if he gets one step on a guy, he's gone. And Sinagra obviously has no no trouble slinging the deep ball. So yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great pick for sure. Speaking of the uh, kickoff event, be sure to go to the kickoff event this year. I'm it's in my calendar. Uh, barring any unforeseen circumstances, I am hoping to go. Um, I had a great time last year, and I know they've got tailgate parties. They've got, um, yeah, just like a good social atmosphere, a good buzz. And you know, talking to Hunter too, he was saying like the the kickoff event has some of the best energy you'll feel all season. Absolutely, game game of the year for sure. Minus minus playoff games, and the weather still is pretty good, assuming. It'll hold up. We've had a bad reputation of weather sometimes here, but um, no, such a good time and uh, the must see. One probably if if I'm moving my bias over, probably like one of the best dinos events you can go to. And yeah, Jeremy, you you know already that we're getting sideline passes from Ben. That's not. I'm like, excited that's, for that. That's non-negotiable. We're we're getting on the field. Ben. You heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so the game goes at 5.30. Dinos versus the Manitoba Bisons. You won't want to miss out. Uh, and prior to that is the alumni block party at the tailgate and the student union fun zone. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Bouncy castles, food oh, trucks, yeah. you know. Just a great time. Yeah, it's always a good time, for sure. And they will be looking to extend to two straight wins to start the season. So as, as you mentioned before, as you alluded to, we had talked to Hunter Carl prior and uh, prior to the season starting. And so we recorded with him, yeah, like a few days before. A couple the, days, A couple think, days yeah. before the, the opening game against U of A up in Edmonton. Um, so we're going to play that for you in just a few moments here. And one of the things I was really interested to hear about was just how wide open potentially this Canada West could be this year. A lot of teams lost great players, and including the Dinos too. So um, I think that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. I think this will be the closest year in the standings anyway that we've had in a, in a while. So um, what are you excited about this year? First off, sticking with football, like the parity, I think that Hunter alluded to, and you know, looking at some of the results this weekend, it just 
it's definitely exciting because oftentimes it seems like certain teams, it's just a cakewalk for them to, you know, go undefeated until playoffs. And then, then that's when the real action picks up. But parody is always good. I'm always a fan of it. And whether it's at a, you know, a varsity level or a professional level, it's parody is what makes sports exciting. It's what makes them random and unexpected for sure. Um, I, I can't help but be excited for hockey. That's that's my go-to. But, you know, a lot of changes for both the men's and women's team across the board and um, men's basketball to women's basketball for that matter. Um, you know, with the Toronto, with the Raptors winning the championship, I think there's going to be a lot of buzz around campus just in general for basketball. And I, I'm really excited to, to see what that's like. And I know that the dinos in general are really making a bigger push to to market basketball and get more people in the seats not that they have much trouble filling the jack for those games but um super excited for that for sure yeah i was able to do the sideline reporting for uh the canada west final game against ubc and that was spectacular the energy in there was unbelievable it was packed and uh yeah looking forward to that and just to mention as well, women's volleyball will be hosting nationals in March. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be oh, rocking. Nationals is so much fun. 2016 for, for hockey, they, they hosted nationals at the, at the Olympic Park, uh, just uh, heading out towards Banff. And oh, it's such a good time. Just games mm-hmm. constantly going on. Just like there's, there's just the buzz and this undercurrent of energy around it and i expect nothing different for volleyball i'm i'm so stoked for volleyball this year all right that'll do it for us here and uh let's have a quick chat with hunter carl here for our very first episode of dinos unfiltered alongside max and myself hunter carl fifth year wide receiver of the calgary dinos great to have you here how you doing buddy i'm doing good guys thanks for having me i'm super excited about this absolutely it's a pleasure to have you jimmy you want to get started yeah um we were talking earlier about whether you're playing fantasy football this year. Um, unfortunately for you, some unforese- unforeseen circumstances led you to have a lack of control of picking over your team. <laughs> what was going on there? Yeah, apparently being a boyfriend came over picking a good fantasy team. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I had to take care of some responsibilities. So I missed the draft night with a bunch of the guys and had to kind of sit there and hope I could pick up guys when I kind of hopefully was close to my turn in the draft. Um, ended up only opening my phone on one pick. Uh, it was about the fifth round. Picked Drew Brees and I was like, guess I'm set. Um, looked at my draft later that night and I was like, I took Ezekiel Elliott first first round fourth pick and I was like, alright, that dude has to get his contract figured out or else I'm screwed for the season. Um, He's still got a week and, you know, I think his ADP heading into most drafts was four so it's not a reach. Not by any horrible. Stretch. Yeah, not horrible. But I just saw that Jerry Jones is not expecting him to start the season, so we're gonna have to be grasping at straws for the first week or two. Did you uh, handcuff with Tony Pollard, or did the auto draft do it? Uh, no, not. I never got him. <laughs> um, did anyone take him? I'm not sure. I actually haven't looked enough. I looked at a couple guys' teams, and I was like, "They're stacked a receiver." Um, we went with no flex, which was interesting. I mean, I don't really care enough. Um, so three receivers, two running backs, and it makes a little different. This is also my first year playing with a defensive player. And I was IDP. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, Interesting. Nice. So I have, oh, who do I have? 
one of the Seahawks linebackers. Um, can't remember exactly who it is, and that's probably going to be one I'm on the waivers week to week with. Just yeah, of course. hopefully just finding a matchup. Picking up the some random dude and yeah, hope, exactly. hoping for the best. What's your, what's your fantasy team name? Uh, can, you, can you share it? I can share it. Um, it's catch, passes, slap, and then it is butt, but rhymes with passes. <laughs> I think I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah, yeah we got yeah, Okay, we, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah, we got you. All right. How let, unfiltered this is. <laughs> Let's uh, get into your background a little bit here. Um, you actually started out coming to Calgary as a two sport athlete. You spent some time with the basketball team yep. and as well with, with football, obviously. Um, what led you to pursuing both avenues at the same time coming into Calgary? Uh, it was something I always did as a kid is I always just played both. Um, basketball is my number one love um, growing up. And it wasn't until my probably like halfway through my first year of university. Um, always thought basketball was going to be my route. Football was kind of something I just did and it was fun to do. My brothers all did it. Kind of just, I don't know, gave you something to do, kept you in shape for basketball season pretty much. Um, then I... Uh, Kind of got recruited, just uh, asked to come to the ID camp for basketball. Um, so I was interested in coming to UFC for that. And then I had a coach actually for my grade 12 year, and he was like, have you been sending film to anybody? And I was like, no, like didn't even think about it, didn't really know if I was good enough or whatever. He's like, no, like make a tape, send it out, get it out there. So I sent it to a couple schools, um, sent it to UFC, ended up meeting with Blake Nill a couple weeks before the ID camp. Um, and he was pretty much just like, yeah, like, uh, we'll meet again. But for right now, he's like, come to spring camp and we'll see how you do. See if you can kind of keep up. Um, and then what happened was I went to the ID camp and at the very end, um, they kind of were offering me a spot to come play here. Um, so right after that, I actually called Blake and I was like, Hey, just so you know, basketball just offered kind of what's the avenue with this. He goes, give me 20 minutes. Um, from what I know, he ends up calling Dan. Um, head coach for basketball. Head yeah. coach for the basketball team. Yep. Uh, they talked it out, ended up, yeah, kind of doing both. Um, absolutely just abusing my body. And it ended up just shutting down on me. Um, it was just too much. Um, but yeah, between school, both sports, trying to be active in both. It yeah, where did you find the time? Much. Like, that's, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, it was, uh, you were doing a lot of, two to three days like working out with either team in the morning and then depending on the day practicing basketball pretty much started I think around three o'clock um and then I would go I'd miss meetings for football and then show up for football practice right after um so during that was just a lot during that time were the coaches for both teams pretty respectful of the the time schedule you had to manage or was there any confrontation there what did that look like for you no they were really good so it was actually interesting so about I want to say it was right around bye week for football. Um, we had a couple guys injured, and they were talking to me about dressing that week. And that's kind of where I was like, okay, well, how's that going to affect my eligibility, kind of for both or just one, or how's everything work? So they were actually really good in communicating um, weekly, just kind of where I was like to them, like if I could play that week. Um, so it was actually really good. I mean, I think – the way it ended up working is if we played a football game on Saturday, 
I would go to basketball Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then just football Thursday, um, and then ended up just redshirting, so I didn't even have to go to the game. I would mm. just go watch both games. Right. Um, but then I would also do basketball, or I'd do football um, the Tuesday and the Wednesday, so I'd do both practices, but then only football practice on Thursday, mm. just because they needed me um, just to help out making sure guys were getting proper rest and so I was a red shirt knowing I'm not going to play on the weekend but still filling in for the first team guys making sure they were not having too much load on their legs and making sure everybody was healthy so at at the uh looking back on it now um after you just talked about the abuse your body took the but also learning some time management skills what side of the fence are you on if you were giving advice to someone coming in um, would you advise going to sports early on in, in your university career or not? hundred percent. I mean, it's definitely, a not a lot of people get that, um, opportunity. So, I mean, if you can, and you think you can handle it, do it, go yeah. for it. Um, you learned a lot more than what was taken out of you, I guess. Hey? Exactly. Okay. Um, the body just, I mean, talk to me in week eight, the football season, like, <laughs> my body's broken. Um, so it kind of just like, to me. That stuff just happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like you said, the time, the things you learn time management wise, um, and just the mentality you have to be able to bring to both and be able to switch back and forth. And it definitely takes a lot, especially like if you're not at um, one or two practices for either team that week, having to be able to not only stay on top of your schoolwork, but on top of both playbooks. Um, and even like doing a lot of the scout team for football, I got to stay on top of the other team's playbook and make sure I know what they're doing and how their players are playing so I can give our defense a proper read on it. Right. Why did you choose football ultimately? Yeah, what was the like the the final point where you like, okay, I, I'm sticking with football from here on out? Uh, so I was starting to lead there um, during the season, just kind of, I liked the uh, locker room atmosphere a lot better, liked the, made a lot of friends on the team. Um, and it was kind of something where I was like, I was playing basketball eight months a year up until my first year of university. And then I was like, okay, if I put in that time to football, kind of where could I go with it? And then ultimately the decision was kind of made for me. I was actually, so when I talk about my body breaking down my first year is I think right around finals, um, first semester, um, I got mono, um, uh, wrote all my finals with it. Did horrible. Wow. It happens. Didn't, didn't take the deferral? No. Um, but it, it lasted right into the second semester, and then my body really just broke down. Um, it got to the point where, yeah, I was completely bedridden. Mom put me on quarantine. So they, uh, pretty much between me and my parents, ultimately, because it wasn't going to affect my eligibility, I actually dropped out of the second semester. Hmm. So I didn't go to second semester my f- first year of school. Right. Um yeah, well, I left, I think, at 185 pounds, went into football spring camp in May at 155. Wow. And then just had to rebuild from there. Yeah, so it was a crazy process and just how everything worked out. But, yeah, end of the day, I actually was sitting there one day at work, and I got an email and it just said, you've been removed from the men's basketball team. And I was like, oh, so right, decisions well, there's that decision. Then. Yeah, um, fair enough. And, yeah, I mean, I don't regret anything. I don't have any hard feelings towards it. It's just... That is what it was, and I mean, it's worked out so far, so I can't complain. Well, yeah, you've had a tremendous career so far at the receiver position, and even last year leading the league in receiving yards, and um, or in Canada West, anyway. Um, you, you've been to the mountaintop, I guess, um, or even close to it. Like, you guys have made deep runs into the, into the, fi- or to the finals, the playoffs, and uh, yeah, just part of a, a really big 
strong program. But yeah, so what's kind of the uh, expectations and um, things that you're the standards that you're putting for yourself uh, coming into this last last year? Um, I'm. It's got to be the exact same standard I kind of came into um, coming in in 2014. The it was a young team that just came off a of Vanier lost, so it was. Um, came in, everybody was revved up, ready to go, and it was. Listen, we're young. We're right there. We should be competing for a Vanier every year, um, and that had been something that the uh, university was doing since I think about '09, around uh, when Eric Glavick, Anthony Parker, mm-hmm. kind of their time. So we've been that team that's competing um, late in the playoffs every year. It's just been yeah, something we got to find what that one thing is that we're not doing right and be able to switch that in order to actually win a Vanier. Um, do you like, think it's one thing though, or is it different things? Like it could be a different thing every year. It's definitely a different thing every year. Okay. Um, different teams do different things, right? Um, every year you got to kind of come in and reestablish who you are as a team that year. Um, and that was interesting. Like I said, we went from twenty, like that twenty fourteen team. I mean, I think that was the year we had like twenty two Canada West All Stars. Wow. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. That's, that's yeah, ridiculous. like ridiculous. Um, it's like a fifth of the squad, essentially. Exactly. Um, that team, that yeah, those teams, I think we had our entire offensive line was drafted. Quarterback Buckley was drafted. Mm-hmm. Running back was drafted. If I remember correctly, our entire receiving core had been drafted <laughs> within like the next few years after that. Um, our entire defensive backfield had been drafted, linebacking core, and defensive line, actually. If I think about it, like throughout mm. the, they're all eligibility. I think everybody... If you take that starting lineup on that 2014 team, that whole team got drafted. Um, so it's just ridiculous, kind of the talent that was there. Sure. Um, and it was just, yeah, trying to find a way to come together. And I mean, that 2016 team we had, the one thing we've always talked about was that was a team where it wasn't about any individual. Um, we all came together, we came together as a team, and we went from having a quarterback in his fifth year starting for the first time to having a kid that had just transferred here from a CJEP starting in the Vanier Cup. Right. Um, and we're still able to put up a pretty good fight. I mean, still think it's definitely one that we let go away. But um, like I said, just little things. Um, every team's different. This year we're young, but we're old. I mean, like offense, we didn't lose anybody. Defense, we lost a couple guys. But, I mean, we only have, I think, five fifth years. Right. So it's not mm-hmm. that big of a group, but all those fifth years were, I think there's three of us, no, four of us from that uh, 2014 team and being, that it all registered. So. And sorry to cut you off there. Being a fifth year now, obviously your final season and a uh, pretty good outlook coming up after the season following getting drafted this summer by the Eskimos in the eighth round, I believe. Seventh round, my apologies, 59th overall. So... What was that process like for you, and was Edmonton on your radar, and were you kind of, you know, after a certain point, just, like, hoping to get drafted, or what, what were you thinking? Yeah, that was, uh, it was definitely a process I'm happy I never have to go through again. Really? Um, yeah. It's weird, because, so you come off the season, and then you have, so season ends in November, so you have three months, four months to train for the combine, which is, you're realistically training for six tests. Right. That's kind of it. And, like, as long as you look in those tests, like, your numbers go up. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. you had a good year. They're going off that film. And then they just want to see these numbers and these certain drills. Mm-hmm. 
So you train, you go, you do that, go to the combine, awesome experience. Just being back with a bunch of guys that I had just been with at the East West Bowl. Sure. Uh, yeah, the year yeah. prior. So it was awesome. You know, you get to go spend a week again with those guys catching up. I mean, talking crap about the year you just had and everything like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so you come off the combine and it's about, what, two weeks until the draft. And you kind of just sit there and I had got an agent. So kind of just feeling them out he's like yeah you're kind of where they're expecting is like the fourth to sixth round mm. and i'm like okay like that's my like canadian receiver mm-hmm. makes sense um i didn't have any numbers that blew people away at the combine um competitive but nothing crazy so i was kind of like yeah that works for me yeah ended up going in the seventh and i think it was probably about the time the fifth round ended it was like holy, we're sweating bullets. Yeah, we're we're in for one. Um, yeah, and then I think it was like Nick. I'm pretty sure Nick got drafted in the sixth, and so did Jeshron. So that helped. That actually did help a lot. Was watching them go, and you get all the excitement, and you miss a couple picks because you're celebrating with them and with their families and everything. And then it helps the time go by, right? It makes the time yeah, go by a yeah, lot faster. Yeah. Um, so it was really good. Um. Oh, but then you're sitting there and you're kind of like one of the last ones and you're kind of like, okay, am I going to get picked? Am I going to get picked? Right. And then you get a phone call from a California phone number and I'm like, all right, if this is one of my friends, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Like, this is not the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it ended up being Edmonton and it was the team that even in my interview with them at the combine, I was like, you guys are my number one choice if I got to pick. Right. Um, I just love how they play, like their style. Um. It's changed a lot, I mean, between Mike Riley and Trevor Harris, but yeah. it is it is an awesome pro-styled offense. And, I mean, even if you look at it now, Trevor Harris is leading the CFL in passing yards by over 1,000. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys going off. And it was something I even told um, Coach Moss. I was just like, this is a team you want to go to because it's kind of like a dark horse team right now mm-hmm. in the West, right? You have a quarterback that's coming from the East that has lost great cups to the West teams. Right. And now he's being like, listen, I'm going to go there. I'm going to compete against them two, three times a year, and I'm going to show that I can do it. How does that know a guy you want to play for? Yeah. Um, and, like, line up in a huddle against, look across, and you're like... It's a top defense over there, too. Yeah, Yeah, and that defense is unbelievable. Um, It was unreal going against them every day in camp. So, but you got to train with one of the top receiving cores in the CFL with Ricky Collins and Greg Ellingson and... um, DeVars Daniels, another mm-hmm. one there. Um, what did you learn from those guys that you can bring back uh, in your final year here? Um, the nice thing about them is uh, them all playing in the States and a couple of them actually like having short stints in the NFL, just their attention to detail in their routes. Mm. Um, I mean, their athleticism is... Off the it, charts. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. But the things they do and, like, just how two inches in a certain step can absolutely make or break your route and against especially against dbs that run four threes and play div one football right so that's that would probably be the biggest thing um even yeah sitting in meetings with them certain things they point out and how to get open against certain coverages and or how you read and how you read can be that fast if you just see that one guy Mm. um so yeah it was awesome and then i came back here and we got jake hardy as a coach who like played with greg played with ottawa and stuff so uh, it's been awesome just working with those guys and having that professional talent around you and teaching you every day. 
let's talk a little bit about this season here. Um, compared to last season, you guys went eight and zero. I mean, that's <laughs> a huge feat for you guys. Um, and you also return Adam Sinegra, which is a key piece of the offense. And yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that continuity with him helps heading into this upcoming year. And yeah, you guys don't want to be anything short of going eight and zero again, right? Yeah, I mean that's always the goal. Um, week in, week out, beating the opponent that's in front of you. Um, yeah, Adam Snagger is absolutely unbelievable quarterback. He's going to go on. He's going to absolutely kill this year, I have no doubt. I wouldn't be shocked if he breaks his passing record again. Um, he's he's a beast. He is a beast. Yeah. And just like his attention to detail, the preparation he puts into it, it's second to none, and I've never seen it at a college level. Um, the guy's constantly in the film room, constantly working with coaches, trying to scheme up new plays against certain coverages and how are we going to beat this team or this coverage that week? And he's unbelievable. Um, he's awesome to sit with, especially watching film, because um, him and I can both be like, all right, if we see this, this is what we're doing. Um, or this is how you're going to flatten off this route to make sure it's open. Right. Um, stuff like that and just making sure we're always on the same page. And that's a nice thing. Him and I are always in contact, making sure between coverages or certain plays, like how we want them to look so we both know where the ball is going to be and when it's going to be there. Um, and that helps a lot. But, yeah, like I said, I mean, we didn't lose anybody on offense, so we don't expect us. We don't expect ourselves to slow down at all. We want to once again compete, be the number one scoring offense in the country, most yards. That's always the goal: make our defense's life as easy as possible, and put up some points. Yeah. You guys had a bit of a roadblock against U of S last year in the Hardy Cup, but uh, what do you need to do this season to not repeat that performance? Um. I mean, I, I really can't take anything away from Sask. I mean. They played phenomenal in that Hardy Cup. Yeah. Um, and, we, like, we didn't play great. There's always the excuse that it's tough to beat a team twice, yet alone beat them three times. Um, but I just think kind of sticking to our guns, doing what we know what works, and just playing our game. Mm -hmm. um, not getting outside of ourselves, not trying to do too much. Um, that's kind of that's gonna be the biggest thing for us. And like I said, making everything as easy as possible for our defense, making sure we're taking care of our bodies through the years, so by the time it's week 10 comes around, we're still feeling fresh and can go out and execute even in the cold weather. Yeah. So season obviously starting on the road in a couple of days, but following week you're playing Manitoba at home for kickoff. Always, you know, if there's one student experience here you see, like that's always on the upper echelon in that regard. So since this will be your fourth kickoff, seeing as the first year you redshirted, mm -hmm. Um, I guess just what's that like for you guys just as a player and like what what's one of your like fondest memories from kickoffs because I know as a student being you know in the first five rows it's a couple of sh stories I know one quickly with Mercer Timmis who's on my floor in first year um, we started a big chant like in the in the first few rows and it really got going and he like smiled back at all of us that was one of the funniest things ever I can't repeat the chant but that's neither here nor there. Um, so I guess I was just curious, like, what do you remember most from your experiences with kickoff? Um, uh, yeah, kickoff, uh, honestly, sometimes it just becomes a blackout. It's the best game of the year. I mean, for us, it's the biggest crowd we get all year. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. It's you go and you see your friends all up in the stands and they're, they're calling your name and making jokes and you, you can't help but turn around and smile because um, it is a fun time. You listen to everybody's, like, chirping the other team and, some of them are pretty good. Some of them like, okay, you need a little bit of work. Yeah. Should have Googled a little bit more before you came in with that one. But um, I got to say my favorite kickoff memory was probably that 2015 was just how our team came together. 
um, playing UBC and Blake Nill's first year out there and beating them. I mean, that was just awesome to see how our team came together and how full those stands were for that game. Um, people came out. That was a that was an important game, not just to the players, but I think to a lot of fans as well. Right. But it feels good being your former coach, right? Always. Always <laughs> does. Hunter, we'll get you out on this. So we had some fans right into the show. Uh, this one will remain anonymous, but this one just, all it says is, Dear Hunter, uh, when are you going to start putting away the laundry? <laughs> all right, that sounds like Linda. Um, I believe in the laundry fairy. Uh, she'll come around one day, but it has been a few days. All right, great having you on, buddy. Thank you so much, guys.